Has this ever happened to you? You're thinking about buying something. You know you shouldn't. You know things are already pretty tight when it comes to money, but then you think, oh, what the heck? In for a penny, in for a pound. How much worse can it be? And then you buy it. I think many of us can actually relate to that. We're going to talk about being able to stop those kinds of behaviors, save yourself some money at the same time. Charlotte Coles joins us now, a financial advice columnist for The Cut. Charlotte, thanks for being here. Thanks so much for having me. I think all of us, Charlotte, have done that at some point, maybe even recently. Oh, yes, definitely. I think for me, the first time it really, I I noticed it happening to me was uh, several years ago when I was planning my wedding. And I found that I was spending so much money, you know, for many people, a, a big life event, they start spending more money than they ever really have before and they get out of their routine. And then suddenly I was like, well, you know, what's one more little thing? Like, why not just buy a new shirt or a new swimsuit or, you know, right. go out to dinner, treat myself. And you're like, why not <laughs> get the better flowers? Why not get the better whatever? Oh, exactly. sure. I'm already spending the money. Let's just do it. Exactly. Exactly. And so we do that for everyday things too. Is there, is that like an actual thing? What do you call that? Okay. So there is a, an actual phenomenon that psychologists coined a name for it in the 1980s called the what the hell effect. I and love this. I know it's, I mean, it, it, you know exactly what they're talking about, right? Yes. Um, it means that once you sort of um, slip up or, um, you know, fall short of uh, experience a setback, you then just, instead of being like, oh, and you catch it and get back on the wagon, you just fall off completely. And it was initially found by diet researchers. They found that, you know, people who were trying to follow a strict diet, um, they'd have, you know, um, a milkshake or something, and then they would actually eat more after that. Sure, because at that point, the day is a write-off. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they um, they they found it in relation to um, eating and people who wanted to improve their eating habits, but it has since been applied to all sorts of different setbacks, um, from financial to exercise to really any sort of goal setting environment. Um, and there's a psychologist. Um, named um, Kelly McGonigal, who wrote a book called The Willpower Instinct. And she has written a lot about this as well. Um, so there are ways around it. But the first step to understanding it and sort of understanding it in yourself is being aware of how how deeply human it is to do this. Okay, well, that's good to know, right? That everybody does this, but clearly it's also damaging to us in terms of um, not just our health, but when it comes to spending money, because we spend more money than we should. Sure, sure. As soon as you like deviate from your plan, then it's like all hell breaks loose. Okay, so how can we break this cycle? So an important part of understanding the cycle is realizing that once you have sort of gotten into the slippery, you know, you've set one foot on the slippery slope. A lot of people are like, I'm already, I'm already, you know, I've, I've thrown in the towel. And there's a really big difference between spending $50 that you didn't intend to spend and spending $500 that you didn't intend to spend or whatever the difference is. Um, 
So a little setback is very different from a big setback. So the point, the, the initial step is understanding when it starts to happen and then interrupting the sort of shame cycle that gets kicked off. So one of the reasons that the what the hell effect takes place is that you feel bad for what you've done. And then you try to make yourself feel better. And usually the easiest way to make yourself feel better is to just repeat the thing that you did. There's Um, so many damaging behaviors in what you're describing right here. I know, I know. But it's also, you know, it's so human and we all do it. And people always feel so bad about it. But it's actually the shame and the feeling bad that makes it worse. So the first thing that you have to do, and I know that this is sounds a little woo-woo and it's easier said than done, but have some self-compassion and to just fully understand that this happens and to not beat yourself up about it. Okay, Secondly, so that's step one. Yes, that's, that's there's got to be more. Which is to just sort of own it and be like, whoops, I messed up. Oh, well. Then the next step is to think about something And I think that this is where a lot of people have trouble. They're like, oh, I really messed up. I need to do, I need to um, sort of punish myself for this. And um, I'm never shopping again. Or, you know, I'm only going to, I'm going to have a no spend day or I won't spend any money for the rest of the week to make up for this. And that's A, unrealistic and B, it it doesn't, it's not like an inviting solution, right? (laughs) Um, You're sort of naturally going to fight against that. So what you actually need is something that you, an attractive alternative. So something that you'll actually want to do. Um, So, you know, it's kind of like when people are like, oh, um, I I ate a cookie, so now I need to go run five miles. You're not going to run five miles. Instead, maybe you just need to recognize that you're going to sit and relax and watch a TV show or you need something inviting that you will actually do instead. So um, so I talked to a couple of money experts about things that they enjoy doing that actually have nothing to do with money that help them sort of break that cycle. And it's stuff like go to bed earlier or go for a walk or do some kind of activity that they enjoy doing. And those are all great substitutions for spending money and um, and pursuing those types of behaviors that um, or or trying to force themselves to cut right. back and restrict because that's usually not an inviting alternative. Right. But people, we are so bad at doing things that we know are good for us, things that we should do versus the things that we think are bad for us that we want to do. Totally, totally. That's why these alternative behaviors need to be things that you'll actually enjoy. Um, like giving yourself permission to do that guilty pleasure, like sit on the couch after you eat that cookie. Totally, totally. It needs to be like, uh, um, a pleasure that, you know, you need to really divorce the guilt from the pleasure and just be like, I am going to do this other thing that feels good, that is less damaging or maybe not really damaging at all. Um, so another example is, um, I found this great consignment store in my neighborhood and I, whenever I clean out my closet or realize that, you know, something, I, I'm not going to wear something anymore, I bring it there and instead of getting cash for the clothes that I sell there um, or that, you know, that I give to them and they sell, they give me store credit. 
And that means that when I sort of get that itch to shop, which I think a lot of people can relate to, instead of just going online and clicking around, I physically go to that store and I have money to spend there and I can kind of browse around. So instead of telling myself, absolutely no, I cannot shop, which I'm probably not going to adhere to, um, I have an outlet that works a little bit better and can kind of scratch that itch in a way that is better for my wallet, but also isn't punitive to myself. Right. This is the time of year, though, Charlotte, when everybody seems to be making a financial goal, don't they? Like a resolution. Mm. Yes. And are we yes. are we doomed to fail because we keep doing that? We keep setting ourselves up to fail. Yeah. I mean, it's a great question. I think it's important to also, again, this can sound a little woo-woo, but um, re-examine what failure means. So you can try to spend um, one the one thing that's really helpful is to try to frame it in more of a positive way. So for example, um, a couple of years ago, I set myself a goal to spend um, within a certain amount every week and I couldn't spend over that. So it was a limit. But I also told myself that I had to spend that amount of money. So it wasn't just oh. how far can I restrict. It was this is actually the dollar amount that I get to meet. So it wasn't just like, oh, I have to fall under this amount. It was, I get to spend this amount per week. And therefore, instead of just turning it into this thing where I was trying to like tighten my belt as much as possible, it was like, oh no, if I still have, you know, 50, if, I, if I'm $50 short of my goal, I get to go Buy myself a nice dinner. Right. right. So it, it also helps, I think, to look at it in sort of a positive way of like, oh, you get to do this, not you have to do this. I like that. I like that idea. I'm going to try it. Charlotte, thanks so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too. That's Charlotte Cowles, who's a financial advice columnist for The Cut.